For over 10 years, we've been bringing you killer metal music and frank discussions about heavy metal. Wait, who the hell is Frank? You are tuned into MSR Cast, brought to you by Mainstream Resistance. Here are your hosts, Kerry the Metal Geek and Sean the Metal Pigeon. Keep it metal.
my friends, to episode number 269 of MSRCast. I am one of your hosts. I am Carrie the Metal Geek, along with... Sean the Metal Pigeon. What's up, man? How are you? My mouth is on fire right now. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Mine's sort of calmed down already. We just had some... Uh, we're going to... Each segment that we record, we're going to have a Hot Ones uh, Pringles chip. Jesus. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. I guess my. I guess I'm getting used to it already or yeah. something. I had a few last night, so uh, I don't know. But to talk about some hot metal, we have to have some hot chips, right? Yeah, we're ready now. We're going to have some hot takes with some hot metal and hot chips. Oh, yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> so to cool us down, starting off that first ep- or this episode was something that uh, you're really into right now, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is um, a Fellowship. It is a UK... Uh, leading light of UK power metal, I would say. In fact, you probably I mean, people remember We've that we were talking before, about. Yeah. We played them on the show. I talked about them at length on the Metal Pigeon. They were my um, Glint was in my 2019 or 20 no 2020 best, the EP uh, right. They put it out the EP. Yeah, their yeah. self titled EP. Glint. The song from that EP was my number two track of the year in 2020, and um, it's on this album, the Saberlight Chronicles. It's their debut album. The EP has been pulled from so from uh, streaming sites, and you know all this is the they're signed to a label now. So all these are the versions that you get on this album. Oh, really? Um, yeah, the EP is basically kind of like a, I guess a collector's item now. If you have it, do you have it? Uh, no, I I bought it digitally. Oh, you can't have a collector's item of a digital. I know. Download. Yeah, apparently not. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, it's the Saberlight Chronicles. I mean. You know, the question was whether they can live up to the promise of that EP. I think they did. I think that there are more than enough songs apart from the three that were on the EP that that live up to the quality of those three. And this is one of them, Oak and Ash. Um, Do you, Oak and Ash, yeah. yeah. This is the song we played, Oak and Ash. Do you think there's a lot of brightly power metal bands this year, like Power Paladin, things like that, like overly... Uh, good feeling uh, power metal. Do you think these guys are some of the best? I think I think they're some of the best. Yeah, songwriting wise, especially lyrically, they have real substance to their lyrics and stuff. They dress like they should be at the Renaissance Fair. Yeah, I mean they they're definitely goofy. They have a little fun, but they definitely. Uh, Matthew Corey is the vocalist and the lyricist, and he takes it seriously. He because I, I like their I like his approach to power metal, where he's like. You know, going to use these fantasy imagery and and kind of um, epic themes as sort of a metaphor for real life struggles, and that's kind of what power metal is, and or how it's supposed to be taken in general. I, I love uh, when you go to Encyclopedia Metallica. That's how we, we when we're talking about bands, we look at information, and I love looking at how they classify lyrical themes for bands. And yeah. this band on uh, on Metal Archives is fantasy, camaraderie, and self-worth and motivation. Yeah. Yeah, definitely self-worth and motivation. I mean, this is the second song on this album where he talks about being worthy or, you know, finding worthiness in yourself and stuff. And I always thought that was just an interesting um, thing for Power Metal to talk about. Like Camelot, you know, like in Roy Kahn's era during the best, his best albums of them, it was always, they would use these stories as sort of like you know, like as the main structure of the album, but really you could read in between the lines of these lyrics and be like, Oh yeah, you can apply these lyrics to yourself or whatever. Sure. Everybody needs a little happiness right now. Yeah. 
and that's and that's kind of what I feel like this is. It's like it, there's no there's no connective storyline, but all the it, it's sort of like taking the Power Quest mode. And I know these guys are influenced by Power Quest because if they're a UK band, UK power metal, they might not talk about it, but their influence seeps down into you know that Power Quest thing of like using science fiction and fantasy as sort of like metaphors for living in modern society and feeling the alienation of living in modern society sure. and stuff. So, um, so yeah, I mean, this is, it's just a great album. If you're into power metal at all, you have to check this out. I'm going to do, I'm going to do a weird segue here. You know who else does that? Who's that? Alice Cooper. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I could believe that. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I just want to tell you a quick story. Uh, if you've listened to the last episode of the Metal Geeks podcast, which we recorded live at Comic Palooza from last last weekend, oh, I did not listen before. to that yet. You should. It was a lot of fun. Um, it was a great, great, great live show. Really, we had a great audience. We had uh, Tyler Esposito from My Retro Life. If you never checked out that YouTube page, it's really cool. He uh, basically his dad um, recorded a bunch of video footage on his camcorder of like late eighties, nineties. Uh, of them getting all the new games and all that kind of stuff. He's from Sugarland, huh. so you'll see. Like, there's one episode I used to work at a, a, a game store called G and G Home Video Games, and there's like a lot of footage in there. But uh, yeah, it's really cool. And he'll talk about different games, and he'll do voiceovers, and, and it's really it's a, it's a it's a great little retro show, especially if you're in that from that era and you still love retro video games. But yeah, he was on board, and we talked about. <laughs> um, uh, the basically Disney parks versus Universal Studios parks, and we all had our own little reasons, different parks, different rides, attractions, and all that. We took audience questions, and Ming Chen uh, from Comic Book Men chimed mm-hmm. in. It was just a fun, it was a fun show. If you haven't checked that out, but I did tell this story. One of our one of the special guests at Comic Palooza this past year was Alice Cooper, the Alice Cooper. I actually got to go see his panel, which was really cool. He told a really good story about being on the Muppet show and how after a few days of rehearsing with them, you start talking to them like they're real people and <laughs> you forget that it's, it's a puppet with somebody's hand up there and you're like, Hey, Carmen, do you want to go get a, uh, you want to get a coffee after this take? And like he said, uh, Miss Piggy was like up in his face, like the whole time flirting with him. And he's like, should I be getting turned on by Miss Piggy? <laughs> so when I went to his booth later, uh, he had a bunch of different photos to go with uh, to get autographed, and yeah. I went with the Alice Cooper and Miss Piggy photo. I thought that was a perfect one. Yeah, that's good. But he he was busy the whole weekend. Uh, it was phenomenal uh, to see how many people were there for Alice Cooper. It was great. Yeah. And at one point, uh, you know, we worked the show, so we didn't we don't have a lot of time. So finally, we're like, hey, we're gonna go get our autograph done. And we can see how busy the line is. We got we got to the line. There was nobody there. The rest of the weekend, it was like completely busy. We're like, okay, this must be a good sign. You know what I mean? So we went. We paid we paid the money. Um, if you want to know how much an Alice Cooper autograph is at a convention, just ask me. How much is it? Sixty dollars. It's not bad. No. I guess it could things. be could yeah. be a lot worse, right? Yeah. Uh, so we got up there and. Uh, <laughs> The, the lady, the handler, she's like, okay, do you want to sign it to your name? I was like, sure. And he was there, and he was listening, because there's, like, nobody there. And she, uh, I was like, yeah, it's Carrie, C-A-R-Y, and, and she wrote that down. And when we got to him, he's like, oh, hey, Carrie. And he's like, he's like, 
He's like, it, like Harry Grant, right? And I was like, yes, exactly. So he pre- proceeded to tell me the story about Cary Grant during the last couple years of his life having to do a lot of quaaludes and drugs mm-hmm. just so he wasn't in a lot of pain. I was like, okay, that's a, that's a weird story to hear. <laughs> and I was like, I got to I gotta ask you while I'm here, man. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the Hollywood Vampires, not the band, but the, the social club he was in right. back in the 60s. Um, he told he was talking about it. He's like, yeah, because I he was like, yeah, we had like Mickey Dolenz and um, Keith Moon was in there, and you know all these different people from that era. Uh, John Lennon used to hang out with some George Harrison, and like he told me this. He's like, I have a, this, this weird story about Keith Moon. You know, Keith Moon's the drummer from the Who back in the day, legendary for being a druggie, I guess, right? Doing a lot of drugs, but he told me he he told me the story about him going on a four day bender. And trying to force Alice Cooper to paint his house. <laughs> it was a great, great fucking story. And then we're standing there. I'm like, all right, well, thank you for your autograph. And cause I don't want to take up too much of their time, you know. There was, but there was at that point there was nobody behind us in line. Yeah. And I made a note to myself: if anybody shows up, I'm gonna get out of line and let him do his thing. And my wife was wearing a Wandavision t-shirt and the Wandavision like Mickey ears type of deal. And he's like, hey. What did you guys think of WandaVision? He's like, it was my favorite Marvel uh, Disney Plus show. We're like, oh. And we talked about that for a minute. And he's like, yeah. He's like, I, I love the old 60s sitcoms and all that kind of stuff. We talked about that. And he's like, I, I got another question for you guys. Did you guys see the new Thor movie yet? And we did. And we, we, we had just saw it like the week before. And, we, and we're talking to him about the Thor movie. And he's asking our opinions on what we thought about it. And it hit me. I'm like, all right. This is fucking surreal because I'm standing here <laughs> talking to Alice Cooper yeah, about the latest chatting. about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. How the hell did I get here? Yeah, it was like that moment at Common Palooza where uh, you know I moderated a couple panels back in the day, uh, like Dave Ellison right. from Megadeth, and then the Fear, Fear Factory, Factory one. You just like how how the hell did I get here? Why? So here's the question: like, why was there no one in line at this moment? Was it just like a transition moment or something? I guess it yeah. wasn't. I guess it was, you know the. I think the show floor closed at eight. It was about six thirty that the first oh. day. Maybe I don't know. Maybe people were getting ready to go to the cosplay contest, or they were going to dinner. But right. every time I walked by during the day, I was like, oh, I can't. You know, I don't have time to wait in line. There was a long line, but when we walked by, there was nobody fucking there. Hmm. I was like, all right. Serendipity, yeah, yeah, and the only, only other the other autograph that I bought was uh, Jackie Earl Haley. I uh, had that a couple years ago. We had the cast from The Tick, and he was the terror on that TV show. And I had met him before Comic Palooza because, like, a few years ago, we um, premiered one of his movies at uh, like maybe 2019, 2018. Huh. and I moderated a small little panel. It was was him and some podcasters, right? And there was nobody around, so I talked to him for a minute, and he's like, "Oh, I, oh yeah, I remember you." He's like, "We we were in that small room, and then we t- we then we went to the we did the movie premiere and all that." I'm like, "Yeah." So when I got he my my tick poster, um, Peter Serafinowicz signed it. Uh, I'd have to pull it out. It's like right here, actually. Uh, I haven't hung it back up. Talking about is it Gary? Did he say Gary or did he say Gary? And at the bottom, he put, "Hey, tick." He said Gary, not Gary. <laughs> they were just playing off of that, you know that yeah. that arch rivalness. That was pretty cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, you should have next time, dude. We need we need to get you over there, be part you of know, the live you show. It's funny the person because um, I I know someone who went to Comic Palooza. They went there for um, 
uh, the guy from Battlestar. Damn it, Battlestar. Yeah, there was a bunch of people that I'm not a uh, Edward James almost. Oh yeah, All, he was he was more Edward James almost. almost. Yeah, so they were bummed about that, but they had a great time anyway. Oh yeah. So it you know not to get too far in the weeds here, but guest cancel things yeah. happen. It happens to every show. Um, I know some shows they will they'll. And we're not going to get into all that, but we, I know Comic-Pulsa, they try to make announcements later than sooner. That way the contracts are signed and all that kind of stuff. Right. But people get jobs. They they get sick. They have other things in their life, personal stuff that comes up. Right. And it just happens. I guess we're going to kind of touch on this also with the Hell's Heroes thing later. If we're going to talk about that. Oh, yeah. We that. can talk about Hell's Heroes. Yeah, sure. Let's talk about it now. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> fine. What, what do you want to talk about? I mean, it, well, I mean, talking I don't about know. the way they do the announcement. Yeah, I mean, well, what's your thought on it? Because I, I guess I could be a little bit un, uh, uh, aggravated about okay. certain things. I, I'll be honest with you. So, being with Comic Palooza so long, the reason why they 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 will start um, there when they when they do uh, you know ticket announcements, it'll be the lowest price, and there are ticket gradually. Uh, ticket price increases across the board. Right. The first day of announcement, or the first day, hey, tickets are on sale. There's no guest announcement yet. Right. Because these are for hardcore fans. These are for the people that know they're going to have go and have a good time, no matter who the celebrity guest is, no matter who the band is. And that's exactly what Hell's Heroes did. They here's the early bird special, which I was waiting to talk to my wife about doing it, and then by that time, it was like during work hours. I'm just like. By the time I we thought about it, they were gone. Yeah. So I I had a great time last year. Uh, I know she would have a good time. Maybe one or two days. She only went one day last year. Right. But I don't know, man. It's I get why they do that, and and I, and I don't fault them for it. It's for the hardcore fans. It right. really is. The same thing was like I'm sure it's like seventy thousand tons. Tickets are going to go on sale. But they're not going to make any guest announcements yet, or band announcements, you know? Yeah. I guess my th- my feeling right now is that for the past couple iterations of the festival, there has been a, an announcement of the lineup ahead of the ticket sales. I mean, that's I, I clearly remember that being the case. Have they? Yeah. They really? Yeah. It I don't was remember always, that. It was like, because we all knew there was me. I'm in, in, well, the, for the one in 2020, we knew what that lineup was going to be. It's like, well, oh, sure. hell yeah. Well, I'm getting tickets for this. All these bands I want to see, and I remember buying the tickets when they went on sale because I already knew the lineup, and I was so okay. excited to see. Like, I don't remember that. You yeah. might be right. So for this one, okay, I get the festival is in its X, you know, like what fourth, fifth iteration or whatever. Sure. So, but it's still to me not at that place where it's like the kind of festival where it would be a blind a blind buy. buy. Yeah, and it's hard for me to justify that and, and i totally understand the early bird tickets being on sale before the lineup i i'm okay with that but the regular the regular price tickets went on sale immediately after that like an hour after those were done what it's do you like, guys out there feel about it do you would you rather them wait for at least some band announcements before you buy tickets let us know uh on social media at msrcast yeah. or at the metal pigeon at msrcast at gmail.com send us a note we want to hear from you guys too. What's your What's your opinion? It's like I have mine. It's like the early bird tickets went on sale, and then they announced that they were sold out of those. Which, fair enough. 
but the, quickly but, too. but then the but then the right as soon as they announced that they said they announced that the general tickets are on sale so now there's a risk of the show selling out as of this speaking as of this recording oh well, yeah I the general not, tickets on sale still yeah i didn't say they were yeah, no, they're they're still like, as far as I'm concerned, as far as I know, you can still go on their website and buy a ticket. Oh, okay. So there has, but there's no lineup announced. Right, there is not until August. So now August will come tomorrow. There might be a lineup announced tomorrow. There's no date as far as when in August it would be announced. So okay, and and, and so that's fair enough, I guess, to a certain extent. I feel like. If the early bird tickets were just sold ahead of time and then that was it and it's like, okay, now you have to wait for August for the lineup announcement and then we're going to have general admission tickets go on sale, then, you know, it's fair game for whoever gets there first. And then I would feel like that's more of like a, a reasonable way to go. Um, and, and, and look, I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be fair to the festival. Everything is getting more expensive. The tickets are way more expensive than they were for the last iteration of the festival. Yeah. And I get it. Fuel costs are higher. Airline tickets are higher. Everything has everything to be higher. Board. So, I mean, it's fair enough. And if there's like a, a lineup that is just killer, I could see myself, yeah, plunking down 200 and whatever, 30 bucks it'll be to, to go for the festival. Um, but it's going to have to be like a massively awesome lineup for me to Who, do that. Who's Who's going to be in that lineup for you? I mean... Because they sort of have their their style and their genre right. of, of bands, which could be limiting in the long run. Yeah, um, I mean it's funny because like because I, I was joking about this with my friend John, who he told me he's like I, I just can't afford to pay that much money for it, like especially blind. And I was like, so who do you think it would have to be for you to go? And he's like, like Bruce Dickinson doing a solo set, then I'd go. And I'd be like, okay, fair enough. I'll what go. about our Merciful Fate set? So that's who my prediction is for the headliner. Yeah, is Merciful Fate. No, nah, I'm not going to pay that much for Merciful Fate because it, they're it, playing because, Vegas this month. Because the last the the thing the thing is that like with this last show, it was like I knew Candlemas was the headliner. Yep. sold. But uh, also the, all these other bands I wanted to see, like in lower further lower down the bill, Eternal Champion, um, High Spirits. You know, just all these other little bands, and I was just like, that makes it so worth it, and it's going to be great. It's a great event. It's a good oh, festival. I just don't think I it's a, at this the is my level. first one. But you know, there's a difference between like a festival that's like that and a club environment where it's like indoor stage, upstairs well, stage, and instead of just enough interest, enough people buying tickets, they would possibly move one of the stages outside. And see, I'm actually kind of like anti that. Especially in a neighborhood where they're gonna have to keep the decibel limit mm. low, I, I've seen pop shows there and it sucks because it's really. it's so quiet. Um, <laughs> and I also think like it's cool to have the outdoor area. And this is, we're talking inside baseball now for people who haven't been to this festival, but it's cool to have a space out there where it's like no noise where you can just chill out and relax. Yeah, that your was cool. Break. But the problem was, and the problem still was for me, is the upstairs where some of the bands I wanted to see played. It was so crowded, too small, and. Yeah. COVID still going around, right. you know. I was like, I am not getting indoor in there. space. Yeah, it was a very crowded indoor space. Um, at least with the the main stage, there's it's crowded, but yeah, like there's areas where you're not like up against up someone. against somebody. Right. Yeah, not to butt with somebody. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I, I have mixed feelings about it. I just also I'm in the process of possibly buying a new car, so I'm like not willing to just blindly throw two hundred bucks at a festival. Yeah. You know, if I don't we'll know see. any any we'll single band, you know, if they start announcing bands, you know, right, 
shit, maybe we'll even help sponsor it. Let's do that. Yeah, I mean, if Bruce is coming, uh, we'll do. I'll be, I'll be there. But I, I think it would be like if Halloween, if they, if he had Halloween headlining, I'd be there. Yeah. Oh yeah. But me too. It would but take a massive lineup of here's like undeniable. The only issue on big headliner bands like that, I would rather them come separately because right. time constraint. Like when we saw Candlemass, they played ten yeah. songs instead yeah. of like you know eighteen songs. Yeah, and and you know, and no no disrespect to the organizers no, of the of festival, not. but they have their certain preferences for bands. Yep. I know we're not going to be getting Ed Guy <laughs> or or Therion headlining. No. so it's like so it well, might no Ed Guy it, right we're, now, we're hitting so. that point where my my tastes are sort of Diversing. bouncing off, and it's like hmm, I don't know. All what right. about what about our next band? What about Sayor? I would much rather see Sayor at like you know like Scout Bar doing a headline show or something. Yeah, you know, I get it. It's too. I'm just saying, like two hundred thirty dollars. I understand the festival went up price massively, so that's a lot of shows I can go to. Other shows, you know. No, I so. agree. Uh, we're going to talk about another show. I'm I'm I have tickets for later that I'm not super stoked about at the moment because of time constraints. But we'll get there. Okay. Uh, let's get into Sayer. Yes. Let's. It's a a great one man project, really. Yeah. And this this new album is called Origins. I it's right there in front of you on vinyl. Amazing fucking album. It's um, like I said, one man project. But this I think is his most. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Not. It's more the most accessible. It, well, yeah. I mean, you know, for the last album, Forgotten Paths, was very um, earthy and and kind of. Um, gritty and sort of uh, kind of the colors of it were more muted. It was a really good album, the best production he's ever had. This one's more expansive and cinematic and yeah. and kind of major key filled and stuff. And well, he so did that. He went back and redid, um, was it Guardians? It was a remake Guardians, yeah. Guardian that, that opened it up a little bit more too. Yeah, I like Guardians. That's probably the earliest in his catalog that I, I like the sound because the, the two albums before that, Kind of rough to listen to. Mm. It, it, the the, the Sayor project has gotten better and better every album, just sound wise. And yeah, this, this is the best sounding album. It's so beautiful. This record, it's so inspired. I it has definitely been my most listened to album, yeah. at least for this past couple months for sure. So if not the year, um, yeah, it's it's maybe it, high up on your list, maybe. I mean, you know, yeah, I mean, you you can't ignore something like that. If you just keep going back to an album over and over like that, you know, it's... All right, so let's get into it. Um, something we both enjoy. This is the track called Fallen off uh, the brand new album from Sayor, Origins. Check it out.
and welcome back to the show. That was a band called Morning by Morning. Not Morning by Morning, but Morning yes. by Morning. Uh, Bastard Sanctuary from uh, album A Step Away from Light, A Step Into Abyss. It's a heck of a title. There. It is, right? So this is a band that was uh, brought to my attention. We have this little metal chat thing going on. Uh, and Justin, our our good friend, uh, one of our Metal Geeks uh, cohorts, brought this band up that he's really been digging it. And I listened to it. I was surprised he dug it as much as he did because it's very uh, atmospherically like Wall of the Sun style to me. Yeah. You know? uh, a lot of, there was a lot, definitely a lot of black metal and elements just like them. Uh, I But I, I was like, well, this is right up my alley, something I was looking for which I didn't know I was looking for this band at the moment, but I'm glad I found it. Yeah. Uh, great, great band. I really, really dig these guys a lot. Um, this is their second full length. Yeah. Came out at the end of June. Uh, and I don't think they're, let me see what label they're on. They're on flowing downward record. So yeah. If that, I've never heard that record label, but yeah, very independent sounding you know right but it's cool i really dig what did you think of it it was good i mean it was yeah definitely very atmospheric but justin's full of surprises these days i mean i, th- I think his tastes are broadening even in metal yeah they call they claim they call themselves black metal but this is definitely more than just black metal yeah like i said this is very there's a lot of melancholic uh you know elements to it very very swallow the sun riffage and yeah and and the way the songs are structured apparently this is another one-man project too oh really yeah there's a guy named sorjand uh they're, they're from he's from ohio hmm. yeah so man these one-man band projects are killing it yeah two in a row two in a row that we played yeah, Sayor, um, Andy Marshall says Sayor. He's yeah. UK, right? I believe so. Yeah, just just in a UK suburb somewhere. <laughs> That's right. It's dark and depressing. and Well, because it's so interesting because, like, you know, I remember back, you know, like, say, 20 years ago when I would first, when I would hear about one-man bands, it would typically be just some guy in Central Europe or Scandinavia or, uh, you know, Eastern Europe or something, and it would just be these obscure guys and you'd be like, okay, that makes sense. That jibes. And now you're just getting them all over the place. It's it's not so much a, a rare phenomenon. I think now. a one man band. I think about the guy performing in the street. He has a little, the he has like the box. Oh, yeah. made, and he has a little clap. Right. On his, on his, yeah, that guy <laughs> playing guitar and singing and yeah. playing bass all at the same where's time. Where's his black metal album? Yeah, where's his black metal <laughs> album? I want to see that. That'd be a, that'd be a great video. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, morning by morning, really really cool band. Um, if you're in that depressive, these depressive bands like that actually cheer me up. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally know what you mean. Yeah. It's like, um, it's a weirdly comforting, yeah. you know, in a way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about, there's a couple of things we can talk about here. One, let's talk about the Anthrax tour that's coming up, the okay. 40th anniversary Anthrax tour. I bought a buy one, get one free ticket. And uh, they had like a special on one day and it's in Austin. So we're like, Hey, let's go to Austin for a day or so trying to work it out with my work schedule. But I am very annoyed because the, the, the set list came out 
the first show was like last week when uh-huh. the set list came out. They're playing twelve songs. Wow. Okay. They're playing. I mean, across their entire history, they're actually they're even doing only, which is a John Bush era song. Yeah. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Um, which I've seen them do that before live. It's been a long time, though, right? But here's here's what I want to say. Hatebreed is opening up, and then Black yeah. Label Society, right? And then Anthrax. If this is your 40th anniversary tour, we don't need all that opening bands. I I admit I don't like Black Label Society. I probably will skip out for that and do something else. Right. I don't know what else I'm going to do, but Hatebreed maybe. I I know you like Hatebreed more than me. Right. I like Jamie Josta more than I like Hatebreed. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. But they don't need to be on that tour. They, yeah. Anthrax needs to be playing like a 25 set so- tour, 25 song tour, 20 songs, whatever it is. Play more. This is yeah. your anniversary tour. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, it sort the, of pisses me off. The fact that it's an anniversary tour, I think you have a point. I mean, I I totally understand their perspective of we want to get as many broad audience as possible. You know, get Hatebreed fans there, get Black Label fans there, whatever. I get it. You know. But if this is your anniversary tour, these are for your fans. Yeah, they put out that live album. They did that live stream last year. They just put the uh, the the Blu-ray and it's on streaming and all that called XL, and they go across the entire range of 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 songs from the band. My only complaint about that is when they recorded it, Belladonna's vocals were very echoey. Yeah, so it was very sort of annoying. Um, but twelve songs. I mean, that's that's low. You know, yeah, and I guess you already know the set list. There's not going to be any surprises. They're going to stick to it. So that's what I'm going to look up right now. I wonder if there will be. I don't think there will be any surprises. Not a lot of variation in, in a 12 song set list. But yeah, I mean, yeah, an anniversary tour. You know, you would expect something a little more in the range of of closer to 20, um, 20 songs. And I think that they. I don't know what that says about how they how confident they are in their ability to draw by themselves or if they just are able to achieve certain venue like what venue are they playing at so uh stubs that's a pretty decent sized is it i've club. never been there it's it's way bigger than the next step down would be like uh come and take it live or something okay. uh, and i think so, that, yeah from the first couple nights same 12 songs um yeah stubs I mean, is uh like a and it's 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 what you expect. I mean, it's among the living. It's called right. the Mosh. It's Madhouse, Metal Crashing Mad. They haven't done that in a while. And if they're gonna play a Bush song, it's gonna be only. It is only. Yeah, yeah. they play uh, Bring the Noise. Uh, they could have left off Antisocial. I wouldn't have been mad about that one. Okay. My least favorite Anthrax song of all oh, time. Really? <laughs> I don't know what it is about that song. I mean, number one, they didn't write it, uh, which I just I don't know something about that track, but. At least we will get to see Swallow the Sun and Moonspell at the end of the month. So I'll be happy with that. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah. That's it. Speaking of Charlie Benante and Zach Wilde, yeah. we can Big talk news. about this whole Pantera uh, reunion thing that's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, we. I oh. mean, it seems like everyone's talked about it to death, but everybody we, has. We definitely haven't talked about it in the podcast. So I don't think we even talked. Well, we talked about it in the group chat, but. Yeah. Let me get your opinion first. What do you think? I think it's a good thing overall. I think that it it's. I think there is a generation of fans who grew up listening to Pantera who never got a chance to see them live. 
Sure. And I think it'll be cool to a cool way to to just end the closure. End it, you know. But do you think it'll do you think it'll be closure, or do you think this is going to do well? They're going to keep on doing it more. I don't think that. No, at least knowing what Zach Wilde has said about it, I don't think that he's interested in like continuing on Pantera, like writing songs. Will you go see this live? Depends on the venue and the pricing, but yeah, I'm I'm considering it. Because you know Charlie Benante is one of my favorite drummers. Yeah, I don't like Zach Wilde very much. I don't like Black Label Society, um, but I mean, I'll admit he is a good guitar player. And he, I mean, he, I'll, yeah, you know, he has said he's going to play this exactly the way Dimebag would have played. He's not going to. Oh, really? His, he, I read an interview with them today, and he said he's like, I, I'm going to do the, I'm going to treat it the same way I handled like Jake E. Lee and 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 uh, Randy Rhodes and stuff. It's he's going to be very to the book, exactly how it was played by Dimebag is how he's going to play it. And and Charlie was saying the same thing. He's like, yeah. I'm going to, I want my mission is to sound exactly like Vinny. So it's like, okay, I mean, that's all you can ask for. You I know? mean, as long as this is a tribute to the band yeah. and nothing more, because um, I know uh, Rex is involved yeah. and Phil is involved. And the Phil fa- has been doing Pantera's shows, Pantera songs. In his shows. In yeah. his... In, in Down. In, and, yeah. Well, not Down, but uh, what what band was the last band he was touring with? The Superjoint, maybe? I thought it was... Down. No, not down. Okay. Yeah, I thought I didn't think Superjoint was touring him anymore. One, one of the bands he's, he's been with recently might have even just been I don't know, but I know they were doing Pantera tracks, which you know that's fine. Yeah. He he was involved with that. You can't deny he's the that. voice. Yeah, he's the voice. Yeah, the well-known voice at least. Yeah. Uh, we could get Terry back in the band, but it's <laughs> not gonna happen. Yeah. But you know, I mean, as long as it's not a cash grab. And it's it's done with enough respect, and it's a good tribute to the legacy of Pantera. Yeah, I'm okay with it. I don't, I don't know. I I think the fact that Rex is involved should reassure everyone that that yeah he was the more level headed one. I think in that group. Sure, that's not saying a lot, but I, I think the fact that he's involved kind of means it is going to be about just kind of the respect and like hey let's go out and play because a lot of people want to hear these songs again let's just go and do it and have fun and we'll do it with two guys who are who are friends of the band who understand in fact that link I provided in the show notes they're not just um, friends they're fans you know Charlie Benant, uh, Charlie had a good story about the first time they played with uh, Pantera it was here in Houston yep in 85 or 86 at Cardi's and yeah. he remembered the name of the club and he said that Hellstar was on the bill and that they were um that Pantera was opening for you know Anthrax and and so it was um I saw Pantera and Anthrax here before cool little uh, memory yeah that he he pulled there and it's like yeah I mean I, I kind of trust these guys to do the I think that you're going to go there and it's going to sound exactly like what you imagine Pantera would sound oh, yeah, like yeah I just saw know? what he said right there yeah yeah so you know I think it's going to be a good thing, ultimately. We're going to bring it back out to you guys. What do you guys think? Are you, if you're a fan of the band, uh, and a lot of people aren't, it's, right. it's, a, it's a controversial thing. Yeah. I mean, well, there's a lot of people who are saying that um, Phil can't, Phil won't be a, I don't know, up, he won't do do the songs justice. And my attitude is like, he sounds the same. <laughs> he I've never heard I, Phil. Phil always sounds the same. If if everybody, you know? like I said, if everybody does their part, 
and paying tribute to the legacy of the band and not just, hey, we're Pantera. Just like what Left to Die is doing with Death. And there's another Death tribute band with original members going around. Yeah. It's, you're paying tribute to the legacy of the band. You're not paying, you're not reforming the band. Right. Which I'm okay with. Yeah, and I don't if they're like, oh, hey, we're new, we're the new Pantera. No, it's not. It's not that deal. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I think that if they, I don't think they're going to do that. I don't, I just don't think they're going to do that. It would be. <laughs> I don't think I unadvisable think they, to do. I that. think they know it would not go over well. <laughs> no, it there's wouldn't. a there's a thin line between you getting people excited about these shows and then you step over that line and yeah, it might backfire. Now, who who would they tour with? Who who would you want to see this this project tour with? Um, you know, the band I think is going to be touring with them is, is Carrie King's new band. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. That's, that's my oh, prediction. They should have got Carrie King. No, I think they, I think they got the good, the right guy. In Zach so? Wild. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Carrie King has a new project saying that it's, it's as heavy as Slayer. Well, there's a lot of things as heavy as Slayer, heavier <laughs> than Slayer. <laughs> that's true. No comment from me. Yeah. <laughs> Only the hate. So, All right. Yeah. Well, we can move on from there. Uh, if they come to town, I, I might. I'd be interested in possibly seeing it. I, I just want to see how they handle it. And I and I do love Charlie, so yeah, he's my he's my inspiration as a drummer. That's the one show where I can you know I've only seen two fights in, in metal shows in my entire time going to metal shows. Um, two point five recently, I saw a stupid fight that got broken up, but um, that's a show where I could see people being knuckleheads. And you seen Pantera live before? A long time ago, but I was so far back that I didn't really experience any of the knucklehead didness. I know? saw them many, many, many times. Yeah. Um, even like going back to like early 90, 91, I think I saw, I saw them, them at the Astro Arena when that they were touring pa- with for, Morbid Angel. Um, with the Great Southern Trend Kill. That was a Morbid Angel tour, wasn't it? Uh, no, it was the Astro Arena. White Zombie. Okay. Yeah. 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 I've seen them with Anthrax a few times. No memories I saw of that them show. White Zombie. I saw them with that, that Morbid Angel tour they did. Yeah. Uh, I saw them before they like really broke big too. Yeah. Um, I think it was a Cardi. Uh, older friend of ours took us. Uh, her a friend's older sister took us to see them. Wow. I saw yeah. Super Joint Ritual there too a few times as well. Yeah, I had a chance to go see Super Joint and I skipped on it. I remember they played there. When I was uh, back in way back in the day, uh, I used to sh- uh, film with a camera just a bunch of lo- local shows and stuff like that, and other shows that came through. And somehow, Mike Haga from Dead Horse, I became friends with him when he was doing the Demon Seeds. And uh, he, the first show they ever did is Super Joint Ritual. He invited me to see it and record it for him. And I have the tape somewhere. I be- they have it somewhere. Oh no, I skipped down. I did see Super Joint. They were touring in 2002 when they had just released that new album. Mm-hmm. I went to go see them at Fitzgerald's, I think. Oh, wow. Um, I saw them in numbers one time, too. Yeah. I'm sorry, hashtags. I got to, I, yeah, I, I, my memory is just, especially with those early 2000 shows, I'm getting all sorts of confused. Yep. I, I, <laughs> I'm much older than you, I, I know. <laughs> it's just a blur now. All right, let's get into our next segment, man. Uh, speaking of sort of reunited thrash bands that are killing it right now creator i thought you were about to say metallica for a second oh god <laughs> oh wait wait i do want to talk about that I, yeah um i have some things to say about that 
I made a post a few weeks ago before Conclusion. I'm like, how many fake Eddie Munson cosplay are we going to see at the show this weekend? And I got called out by a few people <clears throat> saying that I was... Uh, Uh-oh, a hater? Uh, not a hater, but uh, uh, I don't remember the term they used. But I was like, I deleted the post. I'm like, whatever. Um, I Here's what I think. I, I, I When I watched that episode, I'm like, oh, cool. It's, you know, Metallica being brought to the masses. At least it's not a bad Metallica song. Master Puppets is a fucking classic. Maybe the one of the best, yeah. It still is to this day. I actually did a workout to that. I did this workout in my in the Supernatural thing on my VR. It had three Metallica tracks on it. It had Master Puppets, which was fucking great. It had uh, Memory Remains, which was not so great. And it had Inter Sandman, which was okay. <laughs> what a mix. <laughs> it was weird. And also had like... Uh, Motorhead and Pantera in the mix too. Okay, yeah. And Megadeth. So it was weird. Yeah. But I mean they even have a new workout that has Venom in it. So I'm like, okay. Hmm, all right. Black metal. Like imagine just working out the right. black metal. It was, it's weird. But um I just like what happened to Kate Bush with the show. This show was such a juggernaut. Yeah. So huge. People are really into it. And uh if metal can be brought back to the forefront a little bit more by what happening people are on Metallica they're great what else is like Metallica oh maybe I'll right. check out Megadeth I'll check out Anthrax what else is there oh Creator what what else is there oh let's get even like deeper into the to the well and I, I I do think it's a good thing for the metal community and it and honestly it brought a little bit of um What's the word I'm looking for? Not honesty, but uh, I, I can't think of the word. People not going to look at metalheads as as like an idiot now. Like, oh, yeah. you're a metalhead. You you're, you don't know nothing. It, it brought a little prosperity to it, I think. Yeah, I mean, Eddie, well, the funny thing is like when Eddie Munson first comes on, like his first moment in that show, mm-hmm. and you're looking at him, you're like, all right, this is very hyper-exaggerated person. But the thing is, mm-hmm. you know, I... I knew I knew, like I knew an Eddie Munson. I oh, knew I a guy too. who was who was very like sneering at people. One of the guys, I'm, I'm dead serious. And I wrote a thing on the Metal Pigeon um, where you, when you click on my biography, you, you'll read this long biography. I wrote about this guy named Chad, who like when I first met him in the sixth grade, and I was talking about like Metallica, he sneered at me and told me like. Like, come back and talk to me when you've heard more than just the Black Album or whatever. Right. And I had, but, you know, he was like, you know, you need to learn about Metal Church and all this other yes. stuff. And I thought he was the biggest asshole. And you know what I did when I went home that day? I wrote down Church. every single yeah, band yeah, yeah. he told me. And I went and started, like, okay, and you go to the, the, the record store and you go to, like, the used record store and then like, find stuff by these bands. And he really pointed me on the right path. The metal, metal, metal elitism. I can't say he was, Metal elitism. He was super is, elitist. Was super strong. That first day I met him, he called me a poet. And he sent me down the right track, and I and I'm so grateful to that guy. And I, and I still know a friend. Like we have a mutual friend. I mean, I don't know Chad anymore, but but he he was friends with a guy named Eric, and I you still should, know Eric. You should interview Chad now. I want to. Well, yeah. And so and Eric, we bring, you know, we should bring Chad on the show. Like I've talked to Eric recently, and I've been like, man, you know, remember that time when Chad called me a poser? And he's like, no. And I told him with the story. He's like, yeah, that sounds a lot like Chad. He was very like very protective of that stuff and it's like when i when i saw eddie munson on the show i'm like chad right <laughs> so I, I, we all knew people like that yeah i don't think i was like that but you know um i was i was the metalhead of my school one of them yeah for sure. i mean there was there are so few of us 
even when I was in high school, there was only a couple guys who were really into like who knew underground bands and it was me and like four other guys like that at least that I knew about. Yeah. So it rings true to me. So, you know, it, the fact that people view him in a positive light, that character, yeah, maybe people aren't going to sneer at metalheads in their, in their private, you know, conversations. Anymore. So let's get into our next uh, band. Speaking of a creator, um, this is the brand new album called Hate Uber Alleys. Mm-hmm. Uh, great album. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know if I like it as much as the last one. Oh, so I, far. I, I love it way more than the last one. I don't know what the difference is, honestly, because, you know, it's creator sounds like creator to, you know, but something about this album, maybe it was the moment when I listened to it, I was just really tired and it was like a hundred degrees out and I was really agitated. And so it just hit the spot. But yeah, I really enjoyed the hell out of this album. This song we're going to play is uh, definitely my favorite track off the album. I mean, but, but the thing is that there's so many great songs on this album. He just sound, he, I mean, he, lyrically, I think he was, he did really well this time to like, you know, grab a hold of some of the frustrations out there and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is, how many albums is this? <laughs> Jesus, I don't even, what, is this 14, 13? It's, it's crazy. Yeah. They've been, they've been doing it for a long time, and they're one of my favorite German metal bands. Yeah. Yeah, for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely. We got to see them what live like five years ago. Yeah, that was amazing. Wow, five years already. It's got to be that long ago. Already, yeah, right. Yeah, House of Blues. Yeah, that was a great show. Yeah, it was. Who was on that tour? It was Creator and um, was that the Obituary? No, Maybe. no, that wasn't Obituary, was it? No. Now we got to look it up. And for some reason, I want to say Enslaved, and I know that's wrong too. It was 2017. The God of Violence tour. Wow. Probably the fact that I can only remember Creator says a lot about that night. Yeah. Well, we're, we're going to look it up. And we'll figure it out. Yeah. But in the meantime, check out the brand uh, new album from Creator, Hate Uber Alleys. This is uh, Conquer and Destroy.
And we are back, my friends. Um, that's the the band we just played is how it feels like in Houston right now. Somebody lit the sun. Yeah. It's been fucking hot. Yeah. Uh, that's a great fucking Norwegian band that discovered progressively, progressive doom stuff. Uh, they are called I Lit the Sun. The new album is called Delarum. They're a little hard to find information on. Um, like Metallum doesn't really have it, but they're, the new album is on Spotify and it's on a couple other streaming services. Definitely recommend checking them out. This is your first time hearing them. What did you sing? Very, yeah, I can totally see hear the, the proggy aspect of them, which I wonder if it's, you know, I wonder if they've been submitted to Metallum and Metallum was like too proggy or something. It sometimes <laughs> happens, know. you know. It could but, be. Um, yeah, it, it was interesting. Very airy. Um, echoey kind of productions sound. I can see that being divisive, but um, it sounded good to me. Like I said, we play, we listen to and play a little bit of everything on this show. Yeah, um, yeah. I'd go check these guys out. They're they're really really good. Uh, I don't remember how they got brought to my attention. Maybe just a new release radar, something like that. Right. And I've I've been listening to the album quite a bit. It's really good. Um. You know, you can't have hard and heavy and fast all the time. No. You can't no. be master of puppets all the time. Yeah. And, you know, it's weird. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's weird because, like, with this heat, you know, you're, you're sometimes it, it normally like a normal summer where it's not just absolutely obliteratingly hot like this, like where it's 100 degrees every day. I go through just like a lot of like, I want to listen to hard rock, you know, and rocking. It's a summer or whatever. Not that I'm like a pro summer guy, but with this extreme heat, it's sort of like just it's so it's so intense it's kind of like you do dive into stuff that's more moody and stuff because you yeah. feel kind of bad in, in right. this in this shitty weather and you're just like oh yeah i need something like moody and depressive it's you know it's 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 strange uh so before i lit the sun we uh heard something for the brand new creature that was fast and hard and heavy though yes Absolutely. So that was uh, Conquer and Destroy from Hate Uber Alleys. Alice. Alleys. Uh, so that can sort of segue into, I know there's a couple of bands we wanted to talk about. Uh, we were going to play, but we sort of like audible at the last minute to, to take them out. But the new Porkumentary album came out. Yeah. Surprisingly. Yeah. Amazingly. Um, it is amazing because, you know, for so many years, Stephen Wilson was just adamantly against the idea. But I, you know, you sort of realize, like, and I, I mentioned this in my review. I, I haven't published it yet, but I mentioned that it was like Guns and Roses have come back, re, re, you know, as a reunion. Oh, you mean they, the house band from Thor: Love and Thunder? <laughs> yeah. Have you uh, seen that movie? No, but I've heard. I've heard they're all over it. Yeah. All fucking over yeah. it. It's like, okay, how much <laughs> Guns and Roses can you put into one movie? <laughs> uh, I mean, Faith No More reunited. Uh, freaking ABBA put out a new album. So at this point. You know, it's not surprising that any band reunites anymore. Sure. I, I'm almost positive we will see a Sepultura reunion before it's all said and done. So, well, I mean, there is still Sepultura. No, but well, you know, I mean, like, I know what you mean. Yeah. With the Cavalier well, brothers, yeah, it's going to happen. It's it's going to happen. So I mean, we have a Pantera uh, thing going on. So exactly, and nothing stranger things have happened. Yeah, so not like the the, the show. You know, it's pretty much the classic lineup. Sans Colin. Um, Edwin, who is the bassist, who I, I guess you know, it's not really that crucial. Um, and honestly, it's a really freaking strong Porcupine Tree album. It's really good. It, it you know, it's not my favorite of their albums, but sure. it's it's way better than the last album they ended off on, which was the Incident back in two thousand nine. 
Um, it's got like aspects of every one of their eras throughout their career, and it's just a really good kind of comeback effort. They they say it's just a continuation. They're like, it's not a comeback effort, but it's like, well, you guys did basically end the band, and um, so yeah, it's cool to see them do something again to kind of if this is the last word on Porcupine Tree, it's going out on a high note. Do you think they'll tour? They are. They're well. They're touring. Um, and the, the closest show to us is Dallas. It was a really expensive ticket. And oh, I was, really? I wasn't going to drive up there for it. So, hmm. but um, I never saw. I, I never saw Porcupine Tree, but I saw him live. Yeah, solo, which was great. Yeah, I I got to see Porcupine Tree in two thousand five. The, the Dead Wing tour at the Engine Room, and I actually got to see the sound check before the show too. That was cool. Wow. Me and this other dope who drove down from Dallas and we got to see, got to sneak in there because he was so adamant and he like sweet talked the sound guy or the 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 security guy and he was like, "All right, you can just just stay hang in the back." So we were sitting back, just standing there like watching them sound check. Where was this? At the Engine Room. Oh wow! In yeah, Houston? yeah. It was just me and him in the back of the venue, and they played like five songs, like kind of thorough versions of them. And it was great. They weren't even songs they played that night too. It was it was kind of amazing. So, um, yeah, I guess they just the band probably didn't even see us at that point. We we're just in the back, just standing there. Right. Yeah. Who are those blokes back there? Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure that's what they said. <laughs> blokes. <laughs> um, bloody hell! Get him the fuck out of I here. I freaking I met Stephen Wilson that night. Did you? Yeah. After the show, I think I actually got him to sign my album. I have to go and check. He was really nice when I because yeah. when he was here for that solo tour, uh, he did an in store at um, Cactus Music. Oh, that uh, that's day. right. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, another band I want to sort of talk about that doesn't really totally fit exactly what we're doing, but it's it's been something that's I've been listening to a lot lately. Um, that's the it's called a loner. It's from the band Hangman's Chair. Yeah. It's such people call it. It's it's people are like oh it's it's stoner shoegaze doom. It's not like that. It's very very melancholy. It's um, there's elements of like I I feel like the Cure that type of element on right. this album. But I saw their live performance from Hellfest and it just solidified. I'm like man, this band is phenomenal. Um, it's just really good music to put on when you, just, you know, you don't want like everything like we said earlier, hard and heavy and fast, you know. Yeah. But it's uh, I've been listening to this album a lot. It's really good. You know what? That just reminds me. There's a, a Houston band that is releasing their debut album. Um, they're like a prog rock, prog metal band called Anova Skyway. Yeah, I think you should check them out. You you know them? I've heard of them. Yeah, okay. I didn't know they were local. Yeah, you should check them out. I was listening to their album. And I was like, okay, I I need to give this more thought or, or more listens because there's stuff I really liked, and there's some stuff that was like maybe a little too prog for me. Oh, but I like prog. They're doing a head. Uh, they're doing a record release party show at Scout Bar on Friday, August fifth. Um, That's next week. Next week at eight p.m. Um, I thought it was pretty good. I mean, it's probably not something I would be all that fired up to see but i i don't know there's something to their sound that i i was attracted to they have good riffs in there so i'll, I'll have, to, keep, to, I'll have uh, to keep listening to it i'll have to check it out but going back to the hangman's chair real quick some of the there are some heavier elements on the album but a lot of it is not super heavy uh just like porcupine tree you know what i mean yeah it's 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 a very good uh listen if you're like in that mood for that style of that music it, it's i would definitely recommend checking them out 
I like the album cover. It's different. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Yeah. Uh, coming up next on the show, whoa, we're going to get into some power metal here. Surprisingly. Oh, oh yeah. Well, some melodic. I wouldn't say just metal, power metal, right? It's they're a weird mishmash of genre. They're, they're they have tinges of power metal, goth metal, doom metal. They really are one of those bands that just kind of takes a lot of their influences and, and blends them up into something very unique. Um, yeah, I mean, Dawn of Destiny. They're if you haven't heard of Dawn of Destiny, they're a German band. They've been around for a while. They had an album in 2014 that just blew me away called Fear. It had John Oliva and guest vocals. Um, hmm. On one of the tracks on that there. album, and it, yeah, it was a great song, and and I've been a fan of them ever since. And they have released an album in 2019 that was pretty good, but they they're back with a new one called Of Silence. And this album is maybe my second favorite, maybe my favorite, because uh, it's it's just as good as the 2014 album. And they have a real emotional songwriting core at the at the center of their sound where. They're not interested in in a song unless it has something that can like tug at your heartstrings or make you feel like, or you know even their heavier stuff is very like, I don't know they they really they they there's almost tinges of typo and sentenced in there even though they don't sound anything like those oh, two really? bands of just like we're gonna write songs that are there you know have melodies that are you know heart like stirring emotionally whether they make you angry or whatever. Um, or melancholic, and uh, this song "Little Flower" that uh, I wanted to play you, was. You mentioned typo negative, um, which is going to be very surprising for the next band that we're going to play. It just segues so completely, perfectly into it. Oh yeah, you'll you'll know what I mean when I when we get there. But <laughs> yeah, I I know you've been uh, you've been praising these guys for a while, and I have not heard this album yet. So they have a they have a great singer, Jeanette Scherf. She's a uh, she has a really good kind of Anne Hart type or Anne Wilson of Hart kind oh, really? of voice. Yeah, but but it's very distinctive in her own German kind of way. <laughs> and because uh, you get a lot of female fronted bands, and they are like then they tend to be like the same operatic yeah. style vocals, which you know I, I like when they're a little bit uh, unique and different. Like um, yeah, like I can't think of her name now. From she was on the last uh, Star One album. Oh, um, oh, damn it! I'm forgetting too. Oh my god! But I'll tell you, I mean, Jeanette, Jeanette, she has. She reminds me of the of um, of uh, another name I can't forget. The lady from Triosphere. Yes. Like vocal wise, just like oh, okay, that's a that's a nice sound. A that's very different. Lita Forty, you know, raspy. Yeah. You know, not. Yeah. Very. It's uh, you know. Very it's like it's like a melodic voice that doesn't have to be ethereal and doesn't have to be operatic. It can be its own kind of rock, pop kind of voice, but it's suited to heavy music. And um, yeah, this album of silence, not a bad song on this album. This is my favorite song. It's called Little Flower. It is Britney Hayes. That's what I was trying. Britney to Hayes. Yeah, very Archer. much like Britney Hayes. And it's and yeah, this is like a I would say a. Sorry, Britney Slays. A dark power ballad type thing. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's really good. All right. Well, I, I haven't heard this yet, so I'm excited. Uh, let's check out Dawn of Destiny. I think it is our destiny <laughs> to check it out.
you endless lies to quell dissension, to mute the growing cries. Welcome back to the show. That was a band called Patriarchs in Black with the submission bell from Reach for the Scars. Yeah, so... Scars, you, not you, stars. Star, scars. Do you get any uh, type of negative vibes from that? Yeah. I mean, it's a little more southern twangy sounding, right, than, than typo. But yeah, I, I can hear that, definitely. So the lineup of that band is... Um, there's two main songwriters, two main guys in the band. Dan Lorenzo uh, used to be in the band Hades, the the New Jersey Hades, not the uh, the black metal Hades. Okay, yeah. And the drummer is a guy named Johnny Kelly. Johnny Kelly. Yeah. Um, 
I think he was in a band called Typo Negative. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Okay, I was putting two together. <laughs> I saw all the steam coming out of it. like, what? It might have been the chips. But it's the, the chips. I'm distracted. They, the, the, my mouth is on fire again. Um, yeah, that's that's our new project. And there's different vocalists. I think the song we heard was called The uh, Submission Bell. And it's a... Uh, I don't exactly... Uh, let's see. A different vocalist, Carla Jell, uh, is on this um, album. Uh, it was on. He was in Corrosion and Conformity. He sang on the Blind album, but uh, I think the song we just heard was a guy named Rob Traynor. He was in a band called Blackwater Rising, which I don't know too much. Hmm. But yeah, some good. It's a good stuff. Some yeah. good stuff there. Yeah, that's why you mentioned earlier. I'm like, oh, the, it's a perfect pairing because uh, yeah. typo negative connection right there. Right. Yeah. For sure. Uh. And before that was Dawn of Destiny. What, let's talk more about that. Yeah, what did you think? I liked it. Yeah. Uh, that song was, like you said, a little more ballady. Yeah. But uh, what do the rest of the album sound like? I mean, they have heavy songs in that album. But, you know, she is not a you know harsh vocalist. She's she's always singing, yeah. belting. kind of. That's that kind of belting vocal of hers that I really like. Um, they, I don't know. It, they're real, there's something special about that band because they... In fact, the band I would maybe compare them to a little bit is Nightwish in the sense that they always go for that kind of uber-emotional type songwriting. Um, Overly cinematic and... Yeah, except they're not cinematic. Yeah. They're, they're more just like grounded and gritty, and it's more like raw. It, they really remind me of Triosphere in that sense, mm-hmm. but less technical, you know? Um, but yeah, they're, they're a really cool band. You know, obviously a small band. They don't really tour... I don't even, they they rarely do they, when they do live shows it's just in Germany so um, they're not really well known even in Europe I would say but everyone should go check them out because they're one of these bands that everyone sleeps on like I don't even see them being talked about in power metal circles that I'm in so yeah interesting all right so check them out Dawn of Destiny um, we do you want to talk about any upcoming uh, releases we we heard. Um, uh, a, a, a song from a band oh, yeah. that we've shit on tremendously in the past. Uh, yeah. Deservedly so. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, In Flames has a new, al- or a new album coming out. There's a new song that out that came out. Uh, and we listened to it. And I didn't tell you who it was. Um, there's elements of the song that are actually good. Yeah, like the verses were somewhat decent. Uh, called State of Slow Decay. Now, this features a new guitar player, Chris Broderick. Which is interesting. I didn't know that he was in the band. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you think he, that has any effect into it? Maybe. I mean, yeah. I mean, it would have to, right? But I don't know. I, you know, my, I mean, I can't really speculate on what In Flames does because I, who knows what, it's a really just Anders and, and Bjorn's show now. Um, Nicol, Nicholas has left the band. I know that. Yes. They're, uh, man, their stats. This song has had 1.5 million views already. Wow. Or listens on Spotify. Yeah, that's a lot. Uh, only for the week, the 2020 remastered is 72 million listens. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. They probably got three bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you forgot how big they got really in the I middle of the 2000s and stuff. They were playing massive, they were headlining festivals and stuff. And, but now it seems like their star has been on the on the wane, you know, recently. And they're, they're you know, like I was saying, like all those albums in the mid two thousands, like Come Clarity and Reroute and all that stuff. And 
It's like, yeah, you, you're attracting like a younger audience, a more angsty kind of audience. But what happens when that audience grows up and grows kind of away from that music? I remember. Who are you left with? You're not left with the diehards anymore because yeah, they, they bailed right. on you a long time ago. I remember you know? with the 2000, the, New Jer- uh, the San Antonio Metal Fest they played. Yeah. I interviewed them and they used my, they used a copy of Mainstream Resistance to like roll up joints. <laughs> wow. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Uh, whatever you want to use it for, buddy. Uh, I never thought they were going to, you know, get to where they they wound up. Yeah, no, I don't career. think anyone did. You, you you can't anticipate that. No. But they were definitely trying to. But, you know, it's interesting now with um, hearing all the things that have been said in bits in, you know, kind of, un, you know, reading between the lines for what Jesper Stromboldt has said and what even like Peter and, and Daniel and the, all those guys are now in this new band called The Halo Effect. The Halo Effect is amazing. Who um, I really enjoy their yeah. U4 songs. And, and if you're not aware, it's 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 basically Peter, Daniel, Jesper from the old In Flames lineup with Nicholas Englund, who's obviously part of In Flames at one point too. Yep. Um, with uh, Mikhail on vocals from uh, yeah, Dark, Dark Tranquility. Tranquility. Yeah. And the four songs that are up on streaming services sound amazing. The album comes out on the 12th of August, so basically two weeks from oh, now. Oh, it's, it's soon. And it's it's definitely one of my... Next to The Blind Guardian, it's my most anticipated for the next few months. Have so. you heard the new Civil War album? No, I didn't even know they had one out. Yeah, it's pretty good. It, speaking of ex-members of a band forming right. a new band, ex-members of all of Sabaton. Yeah. Um, it's pretty damn good, too. Hmm. Yeah. I know they've gone through some different vocalists and stuff, so maybe the new vocalist will be more my speed. Yeah. There was one guy they had I just did not like at all. No, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, so that's, uh, what do you think of the new Wolfheart song? I didn't even hear it. You haven't heard it yet? No. Oh, no. No. It has uh, Jesse Leach from Killswitch Engage on it. Doing guest vocals? Yeah. So, yeah, okay. And you're like, huh. Yeah. I don't know if I would dig that, but it fucking works. Yeah. It's no, I, I, I would trust him to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. Huh. All I, right. I don't know. You haven't heard that. Amazing. I'll have to check it out. I, I really just, I try to avoid any kind of metal premiere unless it's something I can't oh, resist. Yeah. I know. Which is why I must have been listening to the Halo Effect. So, uh, Let's talk about, we talked about the New Jersey Metal Fest or uh, the San Antonio Metal Fest, Milwaukee Metal Fest, all those old metal fest yeah. that were owned by Jack Koshik. Um it's been it's coming back. Yeah. By uh Jamie Josta of all people. Yeah, he owns the rights to it now. What the fuck? What happened? He's been talking about it on the podcast for years, believe really? it or not. He's been talking about He always cuz someone will bring it up and he'll go on memory lane about how awesome they were and stuff. First time I ever saw Hatebreed was on one of those shows. And his his thing has always been to pitch to people like, "Why don't we buy the rights back? Like, where, who who has these rights? What are they doing with them? Let's just buy it back and bring it back." So I guess he finally decided if no one else is going to do it, he should do it himself. Wow. So, Fuck yeah. it. That's cool. I mean, yeah. I I know a lot of people don't like Hatebreed, but Jamie Josta has a wide variety of musical interest. Yeah. It's not going to all be like hardcore hate breed style. I would imagine on the on whatever he no. decides to do. He's a big metal fan. He, I mean, he likes he, a lot of thrash. He, yeah, a lot of death metal. Yeah, really into death metal. Really into thrash, and and he's into classic metal too. Like one of his favorite bands is Wasp, and I mean he's he's a legit I mean, metal. That's why. Uh, yeah, I mean. He's, wor- he's working with somebody. Oh, the Corpse Grinder album that came out. Yeah, he did the Corpse Grinder album, um, produced it and stuff. And the yeah. D. Snyder albums yeah. that have come out. So, 
He's. I know he wanted to do what he was trying to pitch it to Blackie really? through, through some people he knew. I don't know if Blackie ever responded to him. But he was trying to like do a thing where like let's do a Blackie. Are Wallace you gonna go see album. Wasp this year? So I, I'm so undecided about that. Me I was, too. I was just thinking about it the other day. I was. I think it'll be like a game time thing, or whether I decide to or not. Because like the Houston show is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it's Armored Saint and Michael Schenker. Yeah, yeah. Not playing together, but in a nice venue, and yeah, I'm. I'm really leaning I'm, towards but it. I've never been a huge Wasp fan I've never heard the entire album I've only heard tracks here and there you know the the, of course the popular stuff yeah you know? Wild Child and stuff yeah. yeah Blind in Texas yeah I mean I I like Wasp because they I just had cassettes of them growing up so um, but I'm almost equally as tempted just to go see Armored Saint you know so <sighs> they're so great and they played three four years ago yeah, it was with Queensryche, right? Queensryche, that's yeah. who it was, yeah. And I'm, I've always been a big Armored Saint fan. Yeah. Um, and I just remember being on... I, I did an interview with Joey Vera on, on that tour, and then, like, the John Bush walks in during the interview. I'm nice. like, oh. Yeah. Like, you're you're like a god to me. <laughs> I feel like seeing Wasp would be like a bucket list thing I might want to check off, you know? I mean, you've got... If it's... We, we probably got to go. Yeah. You, you have to sort of go. It's one of those things, you know? Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, yeah, check out the new Wolfheart song. It's it's pretty damn good. Uh, one of the things I wanted to run by you before we get into our next uh, set of music um, is the new Oceans of Slumber. Yeah. I know you said you haven't heard it yet. I only heard that one song that was. Um, I I guess it's the main song, the main single, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They put out two or three signals, sing, sing, singles. Yeah, I need before to listen the album. To the album. It's uh, it's very, I, I don't want to say polarizing because I haven't really heard a lot of negativity, uh, but it's very different. It's very, um, it's not, it's not heavy at all. There's one song, uh, on the album that it starts off with this beautiful piano, uh, like the first few minutes are piano that that were done by Dauber, and then it goes into like this slow, doomy funeral doom section, but it's not overly like guitar driven heavy but it's just slow and plotting it's really cool they i mean they even said in like some statement they said like you know we are like a southern doom kind of yeah and i was like that's a perfect description for you guys i they put a thing on their facebook i guess dauber wrote it about how like yeah we're we, we don't really care about criticism whatever which i yep. thought when i read that thing i was like oh are you guys getting criticism because i don't I haven't heard any criticism being thrown their way. Or I'm sure any. people, some people are, but yeah, they I, have a big enough of a fan group, uh, fan, a lot of fans, a lot of friends that are going to support them. And Cammy is just an amazing vocalist, really nice person, phenomenal vocalist. And I think this new album does her voice so much justice. Yeah. Their cover of house of the rising sun is amazing. The the whole album is really really good. The Shipbuilder's Son, really really good song. Like I said, just today the one I was just talking about. Yeah. This, the water's rising. I mean, the, the first track you probably heard. Uh, there's just so much creativity on this album, but it's not overly heavy, and they don't have to be. Yeah. Overly heavy, and they're not doing it just because. Well, yes, they're probably doing it just to sort of build up their fan base. Yeah. They, but it works. It's not like they're doing it. Some bands have done that, and it feels unnatural. 
this does not. This feels like the natural progression yeah. of what the band should be. Well, I think the big thing was that they had a major lineup change too. And, and well, they had the lineup change on the last album too. But that yeah. that la- that last album came out during the pandemic, right? And it didn't. It, it didn't really reflect that lineup change. I think. Yes. Ultimately, because the thing is, like, they had a vocalist. Uh, guitarist vocalist who was doing kind of the heavier vocals yep. and when you lose a member like that it, you know unless you make a conscious decision to replace that person with someone who can handle those parts your sound's going to change naturally just by sheer virtue of that element not being there anymore and I, I think that everyone kind of always felt like this was the direction they were going to go into anyway so I, to me it's not a surprise right. I, I kind of expected them it feels totally natural it feels natural and, and the thing is my, like I was telling you my favorite Oceans of Slumber song is the, is the Banished Heart and the epic, you know, her melodic vocals in that super expansive cinematic passage towards the end, that that kind of culmination moment. And, and to me, that's the stuff I wanted to hear them do. And if this album is in that vein, then that's kind of where I want to see this band going anyway. So I think they're finding their, their I think they're doing what they want to do and they're finding their sound and um, in, in with this lineup and it's good. It's a good thing, you know? Yep. So... Um, so yeah, I don't think they they certainly don't need to be defensive about it. <laughs> they they have nothing to apologize for as far as I'm concerned. Just do what you do and and people will either listen or they won't. You know. I agree. Totally agree. So, let's get into uh, uh our next segment here. We're going to get into Cave In. This is always a band I never really paid much attention to. Um I always thought they were like, you know, like the real app style cuz they've been they've been around for a while. I think their first album was 1999 so it was around that er- that era you know yeah um uh just something i just never got into like that post metal type of stuff but holy fuck i decided to give this new album a try it's called heavy pendulum uh this is if this is like stoner heavy sludge allison chains post metal brilliant album yeah. This album is really, really good. Um, I was surprised how much I've gone back to it. I'm just like, I, I am blown away by this album. If you like, if you like heavy sludgy stuff like Alice in Chains and in that style, I think you really dig this new Cave In album. The yeah. whole album's really good. And I didn't really hear that Alice in Chains thing until you pointed it out, and now I'm like, okay, yeah, that seems pretty obvious. I don't know why <laughs> that was not hitting. Did me. you Did you listen to the album previously? Or? No, no. But when you played me that song, I was like, oh yeah, that that does sound Alice in Chainsy. Yeah. Oh yeah, it totally. Yeah. Alice in Chains. Uh, even I'm gonna say even more than Alice in Chains is now, but yeah, that's true. But it's really good. Uh, so let's get into it. This is. The track is called Blood Spiller from the album Heavy Pendulum. I think they're back on Relapse Records, or they're on Relapse Records now. So uh, there you go. Yeah, they're back on Relapse. Pretty cool. Check it out. Uh, We'll be right back.
And we are back to the show. That was a band called Zeon. If I had wings from the album The Lesion. Yeah, that's some uh, supremely cool symphonic death metal right there. Yeah. That, that song title really has like a Celtic frosty kind of vibe to it, too. And I don't know why that comes to mind. So, you know, that song, If I Had Wings, uh, there used to be an attraction at Disney that was like Delta Airlines called If I Had Wings. <laughs> and it was uh, it was like a ride-through thing where it showed like, hey, you can get on an airplane and you can go here and you can go there. And the song was If I Had Wings. And I saw that. I'm like, that's not the same. Okay, good good thing it's not the same song. Right, but yeah. cover of that song. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, I like them. They're pretty damn good. They on. If you haven't heard them before, X-A-O-N. The new album is called The Lesion. Uh, I think they're still in, sort of independent, but yeah. Mighty Music, that's the la- re- record label. Yeah. Angst, Melancholy, Dementia, and Mourning as their lyrical themes. Dementia, okay. Dementia, okay. <laughs> and they are uh, definitely symphonic uh, death metal. Not super... There's some songs that are more, but... Uh, if you like stuff like Bremier and stuff like that, right? I think you would dig these guys a lot. Who, yeah. speaking of, have a new album coming out. I've heard one track. Right at the end it's of the great. month. It's great. Yeah. Are you just kicked in? By the way. Um. Oh yeah. The humming in the background. That day is going to have a lot of great records coming out. What day um, is that? That's the twenty sixth, right, of August. It's the it's the last Friday of August. Um. Or maybe I got that date wrong. But um. Yeah, gonna be good stuff that that day. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to pull up the upcoming days. I like I always like to. So let's see here. Upcoming metal releases. This is how we do it on the fly. <laughs> Talk about something amongst yourselves. All right, so 2022 coming up. So in August, you said. Yeah, that's on the 26th. You got Brimir, you got Dynasty. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, New Gravedigger, if you're into that. Um, Lacrimus Profundre, which I am into. How to Shroud Yourself with Night, new album. If you like Long Distance Calling, new album. Uh, new Psy album, which is interesting. And then this is more interesting to me, um, new Tad Morose album. Yeah. Uh, which um, we were even talking about who the hell was singing for Tad Morose. It's... it's um, it's that guy, Ronnie. Ronnie something who I like, whose Some- vocals I like. I just didn't like their songwriting on the last album they did. Somebody. Yeah. Uh, we also have this month, on uh, August, let's say, August of 2022, Amata Mars have the new album. Uh, Heat, if you like uh, some rock, they're pretty damn good. Uh, Psychroptic, if you like your technical stuff. Uh, Soulfly, another Soulfly album. Okay. Then you have Arch Enemy coming out. The Halo Effect have finally coming out with a new yeah, album. on the 12th, yeah. Uh, let's see. On the 19th, you got High Lung, uh-huh. which is interesting. Um, I think that will do pretty well because they've gotten a lot of hype from people reacting to videos. Um, yeah, they have. And Soil Work, that is that same week on the 19th. And Russian Circles and Spirit of Drift, Conan. Yeah. That Spirit of Drift is not, It's a comp, they say it's a compilation album, so uh, I don't know what It might be all means. the covers they've done recently and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, on September 2nd, obviously, uh, nothing else matters but the new Blind Guardian album, The God Machine. 
and is, New King's X that same day and New Megadeth that same day. Yeah, you know, that Megadeth, you have to take a backseat to Blind Guardian for a while. I'm gonna, I'll try to squeeze it in, but yeah. And the week after uh, a new bloodbath. Yeah. Uh, Revocation. Uh, I that's guess. A, that's the same. And the Aussie album comes out. Yeah, I've heard, the, I've heard one of the tracks from the new Aussie album with Tony Iommi, and it sounds like old school Black Sabbath in a yeah. way. And it doesn't sound bad, but I'm not very interested in it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, in September, you also have on the 23rd, uh, there's a new Venom Inc. album, new Stradivarius, and Moonspell have a live album, and then rounding out, uh, not much else. Yeah, we're going to see Moonspell at the end of the month here That's in right. August. That's true. Um, you know, Viwe Lahawa has an album coming out the in September, too, on the 9th. Viwe Lahawa and Satajat. It's a Finnish album. That's cool. Hmm. I kind of wondered what he had been up to lately, so that's that answers that. There you go. All right. I mean, there's some good stuff to looking forward to. I mean, yeah. there's also stuff for bands that we're not into that have new albums coming out, but if you're into them, more power to you. Yeah. Uh, we're not mentioning any bands by name. Uh, <laughs> so we just heard Zayon, and before that was Cave-In. What did you think of that? I like that cave in quite a bit. I think you're more, really going to dig I the thought, album more than I thought I would, based yeah. on like a description of like you know. But yeah, they, I, I totally hear that Alice in Chains thing. Um, and it specifically to me, it's like the Dirt album. You said Dirt, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a red co- cross between like Red Fang and like Alice in Chains. Yeah, yeah, Red Fang. That's yeah. a good pull. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. It's really good. Well, Red the, Fang is something like whenever I hear it, I really like it. I just never go out of my way to like sure. check it out. Myself. You never go back to it. Never go back to it. Yeah. Uh, the let's see, the cave in the last track on that album, the twelve minute song was called "The Wavering Angel." It's so fucking epic. It's hmm. really okay. good. I'll make sure yeah. I listen to that one. It's a really good album. Really good. Uh, before that, oh yeah, the the day on we talked about that. So I guess we're coming to the close here. Yeah, it's been a been a little while. So, um, let's let's let everybody know where they can find us. Of course, msrcast.com at msrcast on all of your socials, on any kind of place where you download um, your podcast at msrcast. On your we're on Spotify and Stitcher and Apple Music and all those places. And same thing with our sister show, The Metal Geeks, which. We are planning something, trying to do something, because it's coming up really soon, next week or so. It's our 10th anniversary for oh, Metal yeah. Geeks Podcast, yep. which I cannot believe has already been 10 years. That we're like, hey, let's just do a second show. Holy crap. So that means, yeah, we're coming up on 17, almost 18 years for this show. So That's crazy. <laughs> I'm this old. It's okay. Uh, where else? Oh, yeah. If you're on Facebook, check us out on the Metal Geek Society where we talk about heavy metal. We talk about there uh, a lot of geeky stuff going on. There's a lot of memes and funny shit. So if you are a fan of any of the stuff that kind of stuff that we cover, come hang out with us. We'll be in there. You can yeah. talk to us. Yeah. What about you? Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at themetalpigeon.com and the uh, www.themetalpigeon.com um, website. 
Um, oh, also, I want to shout out these guys. I've been listening to their podcast. You know, I listen to like a couple metal podcasts apart from ours. <laughs> um, just because, you know. Are you sure? So, I, But I discovered this new metal podcast called the Metal Exchange Podcast. Okay. And I don't know these. I mean, I don't know the names of the guys. I'm really new to the show, but I've been kind of binging their episodes. They did. They, they're on. They're just celebrated their 100th episode. They've only been around for a couple of years. Um, they've been starting since the pandemic, I think. And it's just these two friends who are, who've known each other a long time, and they just discuss like albums they really like. And they've done some really good interviews. And the thing that caught my attention with them was that they had around their 100th episode, um, they're both major PowerQuest fans. Yeah. And they did an interview with Steve Williams um, in one episode, an interview with Ashley Edison, the new vocalist, in another episode. And they did a career retrospective on another episode. This was like their episode 100, 101, 102 celebration. Sure. And it is the, the episode with Steve Williams is by far the definitive like oral history of the band, like as you know, like every detail covered. And it's such a treat to hear two people who are as into PowerQuest as I am go in depth and talk about because being a power quest fan you just kind of feel like you're on an island so, you know <laughs> not even power quest not even power metal fans really talk about them that much so it was that's what drew me into them but i've been binging their show and like they just like for example they did an, an album uh, an episode devoted to falconer's debut album they did an interview with with uh stefan from falconer hmm. just after and, and he was like telling stuff that you know i didn't even know that it's like a diehard fan and they, it's a really good show. Just check them out. They're they're called the Metal Exchange Podcast, um, and they just, it's just a, it's kind of like our show. It reminds me a lot of our show. It's just two guys who are really into music, and just you know are really passionate about it. So yeah, very cool. I'm gonna add them to my. Uh, I'm gonna start from right now. Yeah, they're they're really good. Is the exchange spelled correctly? No, yeah, exchange. No frills. Just the Metal Exchange Podcast. I am subscribed. Yeah. Very cool. Oh, they did an episode on Ride the Lightning. All yeah, right. they, they, did, they did an episode devoted to Pain of Salvation, The Perfect Element, uh, <laughs> Halloween, the Keeper albums. They did, um, you know, like uh, an, an episode devoted to Heaven's Gates, Living in Hysteria, you know, like just like random albums like that you think like would not, de you know, demand that kind oh, of... They, they did something... Uh, the interview the guitar or the the songwriter from uh guitarist from after forever yeah and yeah uh gorman and they did yeah. an episode back in february devoted to strapping young wanks at city um hmm. interesting uh, yeah they have a really interesting spectrum here definitely a little bit different than what we do but um we hey look <laughs> you're going to be into these guys because the Metal Exchange podcast guys discussed the Monkees 1967 release, Pisces, Aquarius. What? Uh, yeah. Um, it's it's these guys. Justin and Chris are these guys, these hosts. Which episode is that? Uh, episode 69. So, I mean, I feel like these guys are simpatico with us. I'm a big fan of their show. All right. You got to introduce me. This is a heavy metal podcast. I did an episode about the Monkees. Yeah, man. I, I have to know these guys. I don't, I don't, I've only reached out to them to, to, to say how much I love the Power Quest thing. So I don't really know these guys, but shout out to you guys if you're listening because I know they're following me now. Yeah, so. definitely, man. We got to, we got to, we got to do, as the kids say, a collab. Yeah. No, it definitely should. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for bringing that up. They, Okay. Yeah. They do a monkeys episode. That's that was fucking news weird. To me too, yeah. Weird. All right. Um, I've never gone that far on my metal show, but definitely Metal Geeks, we've talked about them. Yeah. But 
All right, very cool. Uh, we're gonna get into one last band. This is a, a brand new album from Rican Aura. They're on uh, Profound Lore Records. Friends of our of the show are in this band. Have you heard these guys before? There's some fucking killer death metal. Um, no, but if you say friends of the show, who are we talking about here? Uh, we're talking about Tom and Rick from Gray Skies Fallen. Oh, okay, yeah. This is their other band that they do. Cool. One of their third band that they do. Yeah. Uh, this is some really killer uh, death metal. This uh, reminds me a lot of like Bloodbath in the way the song uh, uh, progression is. Hmm. Really cool stuff. Nice. So uh, check out the brand new uh, Reeking Ore. We're going to get into the track. Uh, what track did we pick? We picked... Uh, pyramid-shaped plow and then it it goes into this uh beautiful ending called the caretaker that was just going to close our show out so check it out this is from the blood uh the blood and bone meal album this is reeking aura and as always we have one last thing we have to say keep it metal i was going to say that but yes keep it metal
Thanks for listening to another fine podcast brought to you by MSR Productions. All rights reserved, blah, 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 blah. For reviews, archives of our podcasts, and all your other metal geekery needs, please visit metalgeeks.net. Keep it geeky. Keep it metal.